First John chapter 2. You know, I, I'm going to, one thing that I want to encourage you with tonight, to remind you, hey Steph, it's good to see you, to remind you that the same Holy Spirit that worked in the book of Acts is still available for you today. So don't, you know, tonight we're going to be talking about victory. We're going to be just presenting a reminder of the victory that we have through Christ, that we're not defeated by the enemy's tricks. We're not defeated by the things that he tries to do to us. You know, I'm going to tell you, you know, actually, before I read that, that scripture in 1 John, let's go to the book of Job. And I don't read from Job that often because Job is, is, is commonly misinterpreted. But I want to I wanna point something very important to you. Because I know that there's a lot of people who have been dealing with sickness in their body. And there are a lot of people who feel like, um, um, you know, that, that, that they've been overcome by this thing. But I'm going to show you from the word why you're not to be overcome by those things. Because sickness is something from the devil. It's from the enemy. Listen to what it says in Job. And remember, this is like four covenants ago. Something like that. Job, Job is not under our covenant. Job did not have the power of the Holy Spirit that was available to the early church in the book of Acts. That's now available to us. He didn't have that. He didn't have uh, uh, the blood of Christ that was shed on the cross for us. He didn't have uh, 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 the power of the stripes that Christ took on his back. He didn't have any of that. And even still, even still, um, we see wh where the, the, the root of sickness is from. And it's not from the Lord. Job chapter 1, starting at verse 8. Then the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? God put a hedge of protection around Job. This is, this is before the Holy Spirit had, had descended. This is before the covenant of Christ. This was even before the covenant of Abraham. And even still, because Job was righteous, God put a hedge of protection around him. You have blessed the work of his hands so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. So even in this time, all these covenants ago, Job, there was a hedge of protection that God placed around Job because he was a righteous man and he feared God and he was blessed. The works of his hands were blessed. His, his, his flocks and his herds were blessed. And look what, look what Satan says in verse 11, because this, this is, this is Satan speaking, but stretch out your hand and strike everything he has and you will surely curse you to your face. And look at what, look at what God says in verse 12. And this is the key because this is, is, is what shows us that sickness is not from the Lord. Satan, uh, so verse 12, the Lord said to Satan, very well, then everything he has is in your hands, but on the man himself, do not lay a finger. So. It went from Job being, having a, that hedge of protection around him to now God saying, all right, 
He's in your hands now. So what does that mean? That, 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 that what was coming against Job was not from the hand of God. It was from the hand of Satan. Look what it says in chapter 2, verse 3. The Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright. A man who fears God and shuns evil. And he still maintains his integrity. Even though you ruined him without any reason. Skin for skin, Satan replied. A man will give all he has. <coughs> a man will give all he has for his own life. But stretch out your hand and strike his flesh and bones. And surely he will curse you to your face. And listen to verse 6. The Lord said to Satan, very well, he is in your hands. He's in, so in the hands of Satan, there's nothing but destruction. There was destruction. There was, uh, there was sickness. There, there, were, there were evil things from the hand of Satan, not from the hand of God. God basically said, all right, he, he allowed it to happen for a purpose. Because remember, th this, is a, this is a different time and a different covenant. A covenant that we're no longer under. Um, verse 7, so Satan went out from the presence of the Lord and afflicted Job with painful sores from the soles of his feet to the top of his head. So what does that say? God inflicted him? No. Satan left the presence of the Lord and then he inflicted Job with painful boils. So there, if, if you're facing sickness in your body, it's not from the Lord. It's not a, 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 um, some kind of test from the Lord. It's not like, well, you know, God wants you to be sick for a purpose. Sickness is from Satan. And I'm going to show you another scripture talking about where, that sickness is from Satan. Luke chapter 13. This is the New Testament. This is Jesus speaking. Luke chapter 13, verse 10. On a Sabbath, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues. And a woman was there who had been crippled by a spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not straighten up at all. When Jesus saw her, he called her forward and said to her, Woman, you are set free from your infirmity. Then he put his hands on her, and immediately she straightened up and praised God. Indignant, because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, the synagogue ruler said to the people, There are six days for work, so come and be healed on those days, not on the Sabbath. The Lord answered him, you hypocrites. Jesus was very gentle. <laughs> you hypocrites, don't each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it out to, to give it water? Then should not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, listen, whom Satan has bound for 18 long years, be set free on the Sabbath day from what bound her? So she was bound by a spirit. A spirit from Satan, not from God. Because what did Jesus do? He laid his hands on her and said, you are freed from your infirmity. Jesus is the source of healing. He's not the source of disease. Jesus comes and takes away disease. He doesn't bring it. Whom Satan has bound. This woman was bound by a spirit from Satan. Because that's the author of sickness and, and disease, not God. And so it's interesting because it shows you the contrast 
of where we're, we're with Job and Job's basically on his own in a sense because he didn't have the blood of Christ yet. And what happens when Jesus gets on the scene? Even though in the same way Satan afflicted this woman, just as he afflicted Job, now we have someone who's going to come and set us free from that infirmity, and that's Christ. And that's what happened when he laid hands on this woman and freed her. And it's funny because the religious people of the day, rather than rejoicing because someone had been healed, they were mad. Go figure. Religious people are always mad. If you want to know who's religious and who's not, and, and, and who's like not religious, uh, correct Steph, it is the first book, chronologically. Um, who's religious and who's not? It's because religious people are always mad. They're always mad at something. They're always upset at something. They're always angry. They never laugh. Religious, religious people don't laugh. They just get mad. Religious people get mad if you laugh. Religious people don't like jokes. They don't like, they're like devoid of joy. It's like, you're laughing, how dare you? It's the Sabbath. <laughs> you know, I remember when I was a kid, you know, church had a very, you know, we're, we're, we're serious in church, you know. Churches, you know, we have to be reverent. And it's true. We do have to be reverent. But there should also be a, a, a spirit of joy that comes with the presence of God. Because what does the Bible say? In your presence is fullness of joy. And so if there's a bunch of sad looking people all the time, there's a problem. Because just by nature of you being in the presence of God, there's a spirit of joy that comes. Of happiness, you know. Uh, uh, you know, where, where you, I, I like, that's why, I, you know, I joke around a lot and I have fun. Because there's joy inside of me, you know. I I, I, I can't I can't be mad, I can't be mad all the time. I just can't. I get mad uh, at injustices for sure, but but I I'm not you know like these religious people. They they were like they couldn't stand the fact they couldn't stand the fact that Jesus came uh, and was able to do all these miracles. They didn't do anything. They were they were they were useless. They were just a bunch of uh, oh, you know, well, we follow the law, so we're good. And they hated the fact that Jesus was the one who came in. You know, they were waiting for a Messiah and Jesus was not the one that they wanted. They were expecting, you know, some, 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 you know, like, uh, um, you know, like, a like, a um, how could I put it? They were, they were not expecting a son of a carpenter. You know, they were, they were expecting someone very different. They weren't expecting someone from the line of David. Because that wasn't considered like, you know, high class for them. They were, they were hoping for somebody different. So they didn't like him from the beginning. They hated the fact that he said he was the son of God. They hated him for everything he did. You know, so we have to make sure that you don't have that kind of spirit where you just hate everything and you're just mad at everything. Because that's not, that's not a spirit of, uh, uh, from, from the Lord. Because if you want to know, um, um, how should we approach these kinds of things? Well, just look at what Jesus did. And he, he told them off. He's like, you hypocrites. You know, imagine saying that now. That's true. My dad's right. He doesn't like, <laughs> a move of the spirit upsets things. It's true. 
upsets their, their old beliefs and the things that they believe to be true. Um, yeah, Don, that's a good way of putting it. They're, they're expecting a grandiose person. And, and Jesus, you know, he was, he was not what they expected. And, that, and they, they rejected him. But, um, you know, we, we know that he was the one. Um, so, so it's clear from the scripture. It's extremely clear. There's no doubt about it. That, that sickness and disease is, is, is a part of, uh, uh, of, of what's in Satan's hand. And what's in the Lord's hand is healing. Because he placed his hand on this woman and she was set free. That's the power that you and I carry. Look at what it says in 1 John. 1 John chapter 2. Um, oh man, I took out my bookmark. Why did I do that? 1 John's a tough one to find because it's small. Okay, here it is. 1 John chapter 2, verse 18. Dear children, this is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. This is how we know that it's the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. Look at verse 20. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and all of you know the truth. Just think about that. You have an anointing. I have an anointing. You have an anointing from the Holy One. You know, that, 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 that. That's a powerful thing and something that a lot of, of Christians don't even realize that they have. They don't realize the anointing that's on them as a result of the spirit that's at work within them. And so you're not, uh, um, um, you're not a victim to the things in this world. You're not a victim to, to, to circumstances that happen, you know, because things, things might happen, but you carry within you the authority and the anointing to overcome those things. They won't destroy you. The devil is a destroyer. That's what he is. The thief comes not but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. And that's what he does. And he's good at it. Like we learned in the book of Job, it was in Satan's hand. God said, okay, Job's in your hand. And so what ended up happening? Job lost everything. He, he, he became sick. Of course, it was all restored, by the way. Just, just for the record, it was a few months and then it was all restored back to him. And he had more than he had in, in the, in the first place, you know, just, just to say, if you, people, I find like when people talk about Job, they never mention the fact that like he got everything, you know, he got everything back. Hello from Florida. I love people. I love when people come on from Florida cause I love Florida. It is a great place. It's hot. <sighs> Not like here that there's snow. But the Lord wants me here and that's why I'm here. Or else, if the Lord did not want me here, I'd be on the first... Well, I can't get on a plane. So I'd be in the first car. Can I, get, can I go by car? I'd be in the first car to Florida. But I'm here. <laughs> um, so, so, no... <laughs> Know that, that as a child of God, um, that you carry that anointing within you. Let's go to Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10 and verse 34. 
I can go by plane, really? I thought I wasn't allowed on a plane. But who knows? I don't really know. Um, I don't know the rules anymore. I did. There was a press conference today that was not translated. So when something's not translated, I'm not really all that interested. Um, but anyways, I did. I did watch it, and I got. I got some. I got a little bit out of it. There. There. Something about a variant. You know, I, I'm, let me say this. Oh, I can? Okay. <laughs> let, let me just say this. Um, no, I'm not, forget it. I don't, you're right, Auntie Julia, I don't want even, I don't even want to go there. Let's stick to the word. Acts chapter 10. Agreed. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. I, I want to, you know what? Um... It's true, Auntie Joe, you're right. Because I, I've, I've heard a lot of negativity <clears throat> um, over the past little while. And I just, I just want to say this. I just want to say this, you know. Um, let's be people who don't automatically, um, you know, always go to, 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 to the bad of everything. Um I, I don't, you know, let's not be that way because it's easy. Um, it's easy to find negativity everywhere, everywhere and anywhere. Um, and it's a little bit more difficult, I guess, uh, uh to find pos positivity. Um, but it shouldn't be that hard. You know, we're, we're children of God. We're children of the most high God. It should not be difficult to find positivity. You shouldn't even have to look far to find something good and to find something that you could praise God for. You know, if you're again, and I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with this cause I'm going to pray at the end. If you're, if you're suffering in your body right now, I'm telling you, you're not going to be suffering for much longer because, because you know, there's no way that you can, that you could be exposed to the word, that you can have the word, uh, 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 preached into you, that you could be people of prayer and that you could be, and yet still carry the suffering in your body. It can't stay there. That's why you look to the word because that's where you find the truth. That's where you find joy. That's right, Patricia. I like that. We are, we should be joy car carriers. Because you know what? Yeah, like I said, th there was a press conference today. I don't even care anymore. I don't even want to broadcast them anymore because I'm just, I'm not interested anymore. You know what? Because it's just the same thing over and over again. It's just to keep you in fear and to make you mad at everybody and to make you blame everybody. It's your fault. You did this to me. It's because of you. It's because, of, no, you know, we got to stop with that. We got to stop with all this, 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 like, just, just this negative stuff all the time oh you should have done this you should have done that people get sick and you get mad at them that they're sick give me a break are we are we really gonna are we really gonna become that are we really gonna become that way i'm gonna say this you know i don't care it, it, it needs to be said it needs to be said there are people who who say stuff like you know um, I, I'm going to do the right thing, you know, cause I'm not selfish, you know, like I care about people, you know, so, so I, 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 I want to, um, you know, I, I, I want to, I want to do what, do the right thing. You know what? Okay. And then when you hear that somebody gets sick, what's your first response? Your first response is to mock them. 
Your first response is to blame them and say, well, you should have done this and you should have done that. And then you wouldn't be in that situation. There's no love there. There's no compassion there. Where's the compassion? There are people that have made it their business and made it their life uh, uh, to mock us and, and, and to, to, to make smart, smart, <laughs> smart Alec comments on Facebook and call the news to tell on us. That's what people are doing. There's no compassion there. Don't look me in the eye and tell me that you care about people. You don't care about people because as soon as somebody gets sick, you're trying to get down to the bottom of the mystery. How did it happen? Well, they should have done this or they should have done that. Do you think that helps the person feel better? Do you think it helps? Do you think that they're, you're helping their situation by acting that way? You should be praying for them. But frankly, I don't want your prayers. I hope, no, I hope none of you prayed for me. I don't want your prayers. Your prayers are, have nothing in them. You don't have the love of Christ in you. You just want to be right. Oh, I was right. I told you so. Okay. You're not, you don't help anybody being that way. Huh. I know what you mean, Joy. Trust me, I know what you mean. God, God has not left our side. Not one second. God has not left us. Don't, if, you're, if you're a person who's suffering sickness in your body right now, don't ever, ever doubt, never, that God's with you. Don't ever doubt that God's your healer. That's who he, that's who he is. That's right, Gino. Those people are not compassionate. I see what they write. Having their little, their little mocking conversations on Facebook. You see? Oh, I knew this would happen. Get off your high horse with your self-righteous attitude because you're not helping anybody being that way. It is despicable. People are adults and they make their decisions. I'm talking mostly believers, Sheba, in quotes. That, that's, not, that's not showing compassion. You know what showing compassion is? If you hear somebody is sick, you pray for them immediately. You believe for their healing. You don't mock them and mock God. How dare you? They, they think that they're the unselfish ones, but the truth has come out now. Your true colors are very visible. Oh, well, if you just would have done that, told you, okay. If that's, that's useless to be that way. That is, you're devoid of the love of Christ if you have any kind, if that's your, that's your first reaction when your people are sick in the hospital and that's how you react. Sorry, I, did, I just, it needs to be said because we need to be very careful the way that we speak very careful because when you start mocking the church and mocking god he doesn't he doesn't look too favorably upon that 
He does not look too favorably upon that. And you have to be very, very careful. And I know that a lot of you have experienced that. And I, 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 I feel very, very bad that you've experienced that. That you're sick and suffering. And you have to hear those kind of things. And see those kind of things. Don't worry. Don't you worry. God will deal with them. That's why I don't respond to them. I don't talk to them. God, God will deal with them. You know. Yeah, exactly, Nancy. That, that's exactly, that's how I feel about it. I don't even want them praying for me. If they're, if they're going to be, if they're going to be mocking and gossiping. Okay. And then they're like, oh yeah, I'll pray for you. I don't want your prayers. Let's get back to the word. And we're back. But I hope they're listening. Because there's more people in here than normal. I hope they're listening. Well, probably won't make a difference because they're stubborn. And they always think they're right. But I'm going to tell you this. God, God will not be mocked. God will not be mocked. And he is, he, he is not suddenly, he's not suddenly abdicated his throne that suddenly he's lost the power to heal you. No way. I don't care what might have happened. I don't care. There's going to be full restoration in your body. Full. Like nothing ever happened. Complete healing in Jesus' name. No, no after effects. You know, no lingering symptoms. Because we serve a great and mighty and powerful God. Not the great I was, the great I am. Acts chapter 10, verse 34. And then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism. God, he doesn't pick and choose who he heals. He doesn't, it, it's not like he's sitting up in heaven saying, like playing duck, duck, goose or whatever. Uh, maybe her, maybe him. No, not him. No, that person annoys me. No, maybe them. No, God does not show favoritism. He doesn't, he doesn't. He doesn't pick and choose. Verse 35, he accepts men from every nation who fear him and do what is right. That's the criteria. You know the message God sent to the people of Israel, telling the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know what has happened throughout Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. How God, and listen, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil. Because God was with him. 
He went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because it's the devil that inflicts sickness on you. And it's Jesus who heals you through his blood, through the power of the spirit, like that anointing that resides in all of us that we read in 1 John. And if it's true then, it's true now. Don't listen to people who say stuff like, look, you got sick, so what? You'll be healed. We know there's a devil out there. We know he wants to take you down. He wants to destroy you. Because you know what ends up happening? You become, you become like those people, bitter, jaded, full of hatred. Oh, my prayer wasn't answered, so now I, I changed my whole doctrine. And what good are those people? They're no good. They're like the religious hypocrites that do nothing. That's right, Sheba. If anybody's sick, you're not staying sick. That same God today, the same God as yesterday, the same God today. God, Jesus, <clears throat> God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit and power. And what, what, what do we know about that power? What do we know about that power? Luke chapter 10. Behold, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Jesus gave that authority to us. So if, if, if you feel like you've been defeated lately, let me tell you something. <laughs> there is that same power that was in Christ when he went around healing all. And that same power that he gave to, 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 to the disciples, to the apostles, to the early church. I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. Because we know that those who were sick were under the power of the devil. But you don't have to stay bound another second you're not defeated you carry the authority of christ and the anointing on the inside of you turn to hebrews chapter 2 i don't know why i keep losing all my bookmarks they're, they're, they're supposed to they were helpful. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their, in their humanity, so that by his death, he might destroy him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free all those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. Who are we? Through Christ, we are the seed of Abraham. And so by virtue of that, we have the help of the one who destroyed the power of death. That is the devil. That devil was destroyed. He can't wreak havoc on you anymore. He's going to try, but he doesn't have the right to. He doesn't have the authority to. 
Your authority through Christ supersedes any authority that he might have. Turn to Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. About Christ, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things were created by him and for him. He is in all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead. So that in everything, in everything, he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to, to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. There is a supremacy of Christ. And we're the body, the church, the fullness of him in every way. Colossians 2.15 And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them on the cross. There has been a triumph that has already taken place. There's been a victory that is already guaranteed to be yours. Because Christ disarmed every demonic power and demonic authority. When he triumphed over them on the cross. Don't let any circumstance that might have happened to you cause you to think that you no longer carry that in you or cause you to think that Jesus' sacrifice wasn't strong enough for you. Friends, let me tell you something. Not only is it strong enough, not only is it enough, <laughs> but you will be an overcomer today. There is, like I called this, a victory with your name on it. That you are an overcomer. That thanks to the supremacy of Christ, you have overcome because he's overcome. You have the victory because he won the victory. Thank him for that today. Thank him for that. Praise him for that. I want to pray. If you're, if you're sick in your body and you want prayer, let me know. Because I, I want to pray for you tonight. Because there is power in prayer. We don't, we never stop. Oh, um, I was praying and then I got sick anyways. Keep praying. You don't stop. Having disarmed the powers and authorities. Just think about that. He made a public spectacle of them. We're not the ones who's the public spectacle. The devil's the one who's the public spectacle. And let me tell you something. There's a lot of people who like to revel in the misfortunes of others. Because they're, 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 <laughs> they don't have Christ in them. They think that they do, but they don't. But we know... Who the real public spectacle is. And that was the power of the devil. That was defeated on that day. When the veil was torn in two. And now we have access to the father. Through Christ. Through Jesus. That God that gave Jesus power. To, to heal and to do good. That's the power 
that rests on us, that we now have access to that God through Christ. <coughs> I will pray for David. Two and a half. Cancer, cancer is a name. And Jesus is the name above every other name. God is a healer. God is the healer. Healing is his name. That's what he called himself. He said, I am the God that heals you. And that's why we pray. We pray using the name of Jesus. In the book of Acts, um, we, when, when, speaking about when, when people were healed, they said, Who, did you heal these people? No, we didn't heal them. They were healed through faith in the name of Jesus. We're just a vessel that God uses. But that healing power is straight from him. On our own, we can do nothing. On our own, we, we, we're just, we're people. We're human beings. But when we pray using the name of Jesus, we know that we can overcome. Because Jesus said, take heart, for I have overcome the world. And that's why he said, he told us in Luke chapter 10, verse 19, I have given you authority over all the power of the enemy. So I'm going to pray and believe. Don't, don't. Don't allow your faith to be shaken. It, it's easy in, in, in this world that we live in. It's easy if you're not careful for your faith to be shaken because of stuff that happens. Because of difficult things that happen. I'm not, you know, I'm not under, you know, I understand. There, there, there's a lot of things that are difficult to deal with. But don't allow your faith to ever be shaken. Because if you put your faith in God, it won't return void. Don't allow the enemy to rob you. He wants to rob you of your faith. He wants to rob you of your joy. He wants to rob you of your peace. He wants you to doubt God. He wants you to question God. He wants you to say, you know, I guess, I guess my prayers don't work. That's what he wants you to say. Because if he could... If he could get you to say that, then you're not going to pray anymore. And you're not going to fulfill the mission that God placed on your life. So don't give in to the devil's schemes. Because that's what he does. He did it from day one and he's still trying now. The difference is, we know that we carry that authority and that anointing. That's right, Patricia. He is a defeated foe. We're not alone. We're never alone. You're not alone. If, you, if, you're, if, you're, if you're suffering in your body right now, don't think, oh man, uh, God, God is, is, has forgotten about me. No way. He hasn't forgotten about you. He's, he's exactly where he's always been. Call out to him. Trust in him. You know, we, we were never promised uh, uh, that, you know, there'd never be a challenge that would come. There was plenty of challenges in the word, but we were promised. That God would never leave us nor forsake us. And we know that we can carry that victory in us everywhere we go. 
not something because we earned it, but because God poured out his grace and mercy upon us as a free gift. And all we have to do is say, thank you, Lord. Thank you for healing me. Thank you that I am healed. Thank you that I am strong. Thank you that I am blessed. Thank him. Thank him out of your mouth. Like someone mentioned earlier in the broadcast, we enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will pray. If there's any, anything you, you, you just, you need prayer for. Cancer is a name. Colds are a name. COVID is a name. Pneumonia is a name. But there is a name that's above every other name. That's right. Keep, that's, that's exactly it. Keep your eyes on Jesus. That, that's why it says in Hebrews, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Because it, it, we know how easy it is to, to look to the right and to the left. To look at things that are happening in the world around us. Oh, now there's this, now there's that. I, I'm telling you, that's, that's why I know you guys like the, the press conferences. I don't watch them anymore. I, I, don't, I don't care anymore. Because you know what? It's not going to change what I know is true in the word. I keep my eye on things just to know what's going on, but I'm not going to dwell on them. I'm not going to fixate on them. Because it doesn't change one thing about what I know God says about me. It doesn't change one thing that I know God already promised in his word. Doesn't change a thing. I'll pray for that too, Lisa. Because, you know, we have to be people. Um, I will, Joy. We have, we have to be people who, who, who run to the Lord and not everywhere else. Where does my help from come, come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for these that are watching. I thank you. I thank you for the great things that you've done for us. I thank you for your promises in your word. I thank you because we know that they're true. We know that they're yes and amen. Thank you, Lord, that you never leave us nor forsake us. Thank you that you are our strong tower, that you're our mighty fortress, that you're an armor around us. Thank you for the hedge of protection that you've placed around us. Thank you for that truth in Psalm 91 that says, though a thousand fall on my right side, that those evils will not touch me. Those evils that we know are from the hand of the enemy. May they never be allowed near us because we know that we carry the anointing and the authority of Christ in us everywhere we go. Father, I pray for, for that child, David, who's dealing with cancer. Cancer is a foul disease from the pit of hell designed to destroy lives, to destroy the person's life and everything around them. And that's not you. You're not a destroyer. You are a restorer. 
You're not one who brings sickness. You're one that delivers from sickness. And so wherever he is right now, I pray for your healing balm to fall on him right now. I thank you for the, the healing power that comes from your hand, not from a person's hand, but from you, from the blood of Jesus that was shed on the cross. I thank you for his life. I pray that you touch him right now. I pray that you strengthen him and his family. I, I pray for, for anyone who's suffering from a cold or, 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 a, or a, a, any other kind of sickness or COVID or anything. I pray that you touch them now. I pray that, that, that wherever they are, even if they don't have a lot of strength, that they'll have enough strength to say, thank you, Lord, because I am healed. I'm not trying to be healed. I am healed because you already bought and paid for my healing. So I should not be sick another day in my life because I carry that authority. That victory is mine in Jesus name. So I pray for every bit of sickness that might be uh, uh, inflicted upon people. I pray, I pray for those who are in the hospital, for Sister Lena, for Sister Carmen, for Sister Diana. I pray for them that they would walk out of that hospital with the joy of the Lord, knowing that he touched them, that he restored them, that he brought them back. Father, I thank you in advance for their testimonies of healing that we're going to find. Father, I pray for Lisa, who's struggling with difficulties in, in her job. You know, just you care about everything, every hair on our head. The Bible says that, that, that even the sparrows are fed. So how much more do you care for your children? So I pray for her situation. I know that it's difficult. I know that it's something that a lot of us don't understand. But I also know that you promised that you'd never leave us nor forsake us. You promised that we'd never be in lack. You promised that we'd always have what we need. That we'd always have more than enough. That we would never be without. And so Father, I I pray for, 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 for a job uh, a breakthrough in her life. You care about her. You care about everything that affects her. You care about everything that affects all of us. I pray for joy and the situation with her children and her family. I pray for vindication. I thank you, Lord. I thank you that we know from your word that we are always vindicated, that, that you always come through for us. I pray that whatever the situation is that they're facing, that you would extend your hand of mercy over them, uh, that you would extend your hand of protection over them, that you would comfort them in this situation, that they would know that, that nothing that happens is too much for you, that nothing is too difficult for you, that nothing is impossible for you. I thank you for those who have been healed. I thank you for those who have been restored. I pray that if anyone is dealing with fear or worry or any area of concern, that you would just, just come over that situation and, and give them peace. Give them that peace that transcends all understanding. Because that's what that means. That, that, that naturally speaking, it doesn't even make sense to have peace. But yet, we still have that peace because it comes from you. I thank you, Father, for all, I pray for all of these things, for all of these people. You know their needs, you know their situations, you know what they're going through. And Father, I pray that you would encourage them with your joy, with your strength, that they would never forget how much you love them. 
Father, I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you're here, that you've never left. Even in a difficult time, we know that you will set us free and that you will cover us. Like the scripture says, cover us with your wings, with the shadow of your wings. I thank you, Lord. And I pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus, that powerful name, that name that's above every other name, that at the mention of the name of Jesus, that darkness has to bow, that Satan has to flee because he cannot stand in the same place where there's the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. That's right. Promotion is coming. Vindication is coming. Healing is coming. Restoration is coming. It's already here. We already have it. It's already ours. It's already been, been, been bought and paid for. That's why we thank the Lord. You're welcome. There's power in the name of Jesus. There's power in that name. That's why people don't like that name. When you start to say that name, people don't like it. Because they know it's not just any ordinary name. 